Blog Talk Radio. And I Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Help for HD. This podcast is made possible by Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Grissom Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today our guest is Astrid Arneson, president of the European Huntington's Association. I'm going to ask you guys to bear with me because I have my two-month-old son um, who is with us, so just bear with me as he cries out. Um, Astrid, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? I'm doing uh, well, thank you. Of course, uh, living in Europe, we are uh, quite affected by the coronavirus situation, but uh, I'm safe and sound in my home, so I'm fine, thank you. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, we're um, finally taking measures here, so we'll see how things go in the next few days. Um, yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's go ahead and jump into questions. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I am uh, born and raised here in Norway, where I still live, uh, north of Europe, and um I'm uh, soon uh, 58 years old, and um, I am the president of the European Huntington Association. And how and why did the European Huntington Association begin? The Huntington Association for Europe was established in 1986, so quite a while ago. And the reason behind this was that some of the people from the Central European countries like Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, and the UK uh, thought they needed really to work together across borders to make sure that when people were offered pre-symptomatic genetic testing, which at that time was beginning to be made available, they wanted to make sure that there were good guidelines on how the counseling and follow-up for these people were, were taken care of by health uh, uh, service. Um, so that was the main reason and motivation for them at that t- time to to establish a cross-border uh, umbrella for the Huntington Associations in Europe. And since the origin, it has just grown and grown, and today we cover uh, 29 countries in, in Europe under our umbrella. That's amazing. And why did you personally get involved in Huntington? Uh, I come from a Huntington family myself. Uh, My mother had the disease and she developed symptoms as I was growing up. Maybe I was 8, 10 years when it really became apparent that something was wrong. Uh, And uh, when I was 18, 19 years old, she was diagnosed with Huntington's disease. 
And despite uh, that her family knew about this, I mean, they must have, because her, her father and her aunts and, and grandparents had all, you know, developed symptoms and clearly were sick, but nobody were talking about this within the family. So when she was diagnosed, this was really a, a shock for my father and for all of us. Uh, and at that time, in the, the early 80s, the Norwegian Huntington Association was very recently formed, and we contacted people there. And for us, and for me in particular, to be in touch with the Norwegian Association was really um, really a clue uh, to be uh, coping with all the aspects of the disease, with my mother developing more symptoms, and also, of course, for me, myself, living with the knowledge of my own risk and all the questions mm-hmm. related to that. So uh, meeting others in the same situation was uh, was a key for, for me to, to cope. And I engaged in the association in Norway and I was the president of the Norwegian Association for 10 years. And then I moved over to be more and more engaged in the European um, level of, of association work. It's mm. amazing. Um, you know, and as somebody who's tested positive, certainly appreciate what what you've been through with your family and being directly affected, um, you know, it's it's hard and it's so great that um you used the that you used it to cope and, and turned it into a passion. Yeah, and you can say that, that I, I um my family is is, is uh, hard affected but I um Tested. Actually, I was celebrating two days ago with my with my husband that it was ten years ago since I received and we received uh, a good result for myself. So I tested uh, and and found out that I had escaped and didn't have the uh, Huntington gene. So for me, of course, that was uh, was uh, amazing, and especially to tell our two daughters. Uh, that they were also free, uh, which was amazing and actually the most important to me. But still, if I'm, if since I've been, um, I mean, uh, known uh, my status as gene negative instead of being at risk, which I was for 20 years, no, 30 years actually. Uh, it's it's in me and it's a part of me and it's definitely a part of my family and and. I want to be here and I want to make everything I can to contribute to a better future for hunting patients and families. Uh, and I feel I can contribute. So that's why I'm in it still. And that's wonderful. And happy anniversary on your gene negative status. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell yes. me one of the programs? I feel really lucky. You know, it's so strange. Mm, sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine. Go ahead. You were saying it's so strange. Yeah, it, it, no, I feel really lucky, and it's strange how the lottery of life, you know, just distributes uh, winning and, and losing uh, tickets to 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 us. And uh, I was the lucky one this time, so I'm grateful for that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, I was looking on the website, and you guys have a campaign called Stronger Together. Can you tell me what that campaign is? Yes, that's a project that we've run now since I took over as president for the European Association uh, three and a half years ago. 
And it was because I had been uh, the patient representative in the executive committee for the European Huntington Disease Network, which is a network for clinicians and researchers. Okay. And I had been in this board for many years, and I've seen how well coordinated the professional community was in Europe. And I was thinking, oh. wow, we as a patient community, we should be more proactive, and we can definitely be better coordinated. And I saw also that despite all the information being available on the Internet, also back three and a half years ago, there was a lot of information available. Despite this fact, people from Huntington families had a, a big lack of understanding, was my feeling, of how research was being moved forward and how important our contribution as a community, as the lay community, as the family members, really is to make this uh, moving as fast as possible uh, and that's why Stronger Together is about how researchers, clinicians, pharma and patient community can work together and mobilize uh, and be ready to act whenever we need to act on whatever we need to act on in order to bring drug to, uh, to, the, to the patients ultimately. So this Stronger Together has been about raising awareness, uh, information, creating a lot of, of, of good information, easy to understand for each and every one of us, and also really to encourage those. It's an individual personal choice, but really if you are feel able to contribute in any way in the study and role or in responding to surveys or, or running up to, to, do, to be part of a clinical trial if you are eligible, that's something we really support. And I, and I want to underline that it is a personal choice and, and it needs to be right for you to do. But if, if you feel that is, you have our support. Uh, and and, um, and as uh, many of your listeners will know that the, the Rush study Generation HD1 was recruited uh, faster than they had ever expected. That's due to the mobilized community. We are ready to take action when needed. And that's amazing, an amazing quality of this community. Absolutely, and I totally agree. I, I think that um, as we as a community understand more about clinical trials and how they work and the importance of having people enroll in them and participate, um, the mm. more we'll have, you know, uh, not be afraid to enroll in them and, and participate. So, I, you know, I personally have participated in a clinical trial. I've been in observational studies, and I felt like I was really helping find a cure. So not only mm. is it helping everybody else, um, it was it's a, just a great rewarding feeling personally and really helps with dealing with the disease. Yes, and that's not self-evident. Uh, to some of us it is in a way, but, but I was actually just yesterday speaking to another leader for one of the European rare disease uh, communities, and she said in her community people were afraid to relate to pharma. Uh, and, and that was also the case actually for, for parts of the Huntington community way back uh, and we need to be to make sure that we do everything in a in a I mean that it's it's well conducted and and follow all the right um, scientific and ethic principles, but we are needed in there as partners and 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 take part in order to to have a drug. Without our contribution, there will be no treatment available for us. 
Uh, so uh, exactly. so we need to, to make sure that things are done properly and then we are uh, partnering up and, and contributing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What other types of resources does EHA offer? Well, so, so we are an, uh, a European umbrella. So uh, in some respect, we, we may be... Uh, looking a little bit like HDSA for America, for instance, but we are different because we don't really offer a service. We act more like a, what could I say, a political interest group. We coordinate activities among the associations. We share resources and information. We have a web page. We have projects that we coordinate. Uh, when you have different countries involved, and um, and we also uh, uh, people can exchange. For instance, we have groups coming from one country to to um, visit a care home or visit the association in another, so we can learn from each other and strengthen, you know, the the communication because there is so much good knowledge about Huntington's disease, but it still needs so much to be spread and be used uh, throughout all of of Europe. Is our I mean our territory. We really have a global kind of perspective, but Europe is where we are are, are most active, of course. So it's more about sharing and coordinating activities we do than providing services like HDSA do, because our associations is doing that in different manners in in the UK and Germany and France and wherever our member associations are operating. Right. And you do have a list of those member associations on your website. Mm. We do, and as I say, they come from 29 countries, and many of the European countries uh, has one national association, but a few still have quite many uh, strong regional associations due to how the country is is uh, structured and the health region works and things like that. So, uh, so we have 44 member associations, but they are from 29 different countries, and we also really see a, a, a great. Uh, um, aim for us is to reach out to countries where there are no associations because uh, having an association and, and really as an organization who can be the spokesperson and the voice for the community in a country is a, is a key to have the situation improved. So we have reached out to many countries where there are no associations just the recent six years that we have had eight, I think eight countries actually having an association formally uh, recognized. Uh, So so that's also an important part of our work. And right now, we are really supportive of the initiative coming from Turkey. And Slovakia just recently had somebody stepping up, taking on that responsibility. And, uh, And we will move on until we have every country in Europe really being under uh, having an association and, and make sure that they, they feel confident that they are part of the great European family. That it's amazing how we can inspire each other when we know that we are not alone. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. I'm so glad to hear about you guys reaching out to other countries and regions and, um, you know, trying to help with get us, getting associations. That, that's amazing. Mm. 
And it's important to not try to, to do too much uh, from the beginning. I mean, I always advise that let's take one step at a time. And what you really need to get started is a couple of family members and one professional always encourages collaboration and close collaboration between the professionals and the family members. And then get started. Organize a meeting, have somebody committing to be part of a board and, and, and get registered and, and take it from there. Uh, because if you want to do and change everything uh, from the beginning, it's too hard. It's too much. Uh, and everything, uh, every step is much better than nothing. And being part of the European uh, collaboration is also very encouraging. You know, we invite and support a little bit, come to meetings and meet others in the same situation, learn about uh, the research that's ongoing and see if your country can be part of some of the projects and, and things like that. And Yeah, and mainly just support each other and encourage each other to keep on wherever we are. The situation is really difficult and, and different in, in European countries. So we need to so are support you find, each other. Uh, uh, just a random question. Are you finding um, countries coming, like have, with coronavirus, have, has there been any discussion with coming together virtually with the countries or um, or anything like that? Yes, I mean, it, it, things happen so quickly now, so only since last week the situation is completely changed in, in, in relation to the coronavirus. So we had to cancel a meeting where we had invited all the community leaders to come together to, do, to discuss uh, how we can uh, make a strategy for communication uh, in the years to come. Uh, we had to cancel that. We've postponed it and hope that we can gather within a few months, maybe. Well, you never know in this case. And I know also that the, that the HDO conference in Glasgow, uh, scheduled for May, has been postponed. So definitely face-to-face um, -face meetings are being cancelled these days and traveling across uh, country borders is not really, will probably maybe not even be possible for, for, for the time being, it seems, uh, so as airports are closing down and, and strong restrictions are put on uh, in, in different countries. So, and then, uh, so we learn to, and we always have, I think, in our community, have already used, you know, video calls and things like that as a tool to connect, but we will be even better in that. So that's one good thing, I think, that we will learn that, okay, we can do maybe even more uh, through uh, internet access to each other than, than meeting face-to-face -face always. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. Before I let you go, do you have any final thoughts for the Huntington's community? Well, I, I would... Uh, I would underline, and I'm sure people are aware of this, but uh, it, it's really important to realize that the work is not... I attended the, the CHGI Therapeutics Conference last month in, in, in California, where all very significant, uh, significant uh, HD researchers come together to share their recent the discoveries and knowledge and how far they have reached. And it's there is so much work still needs to be done. We know so much more than we just did five years ago. And there is so much exciting research and, and, and uh, drugs being tested in, in, in laboratories or in animals or moving into to, uh, to patients and, and people. And we need to keep mobilizing. We need to realize that this is, a, this is like a marathon. And uh, we just need to 
grow our breath and keep on going because uh, and one drug will not do it I, that's my personal opinion we will need uh, a continued effort and and probably maybe like for the AIDS community there will be a variety of treatment needed to be done at the same time to really have a have a good effect and uh, and I'm very hopeful for the future but we need to encourage each other to to keep up the good hope but keep up really the good work we we need to act to make it happen yes we absolutely do and Astri I truly appreciate you coming on to the show um, and talking with us today um, please know that we're all thinking of you and those in Europe right now dealing with the coronavirus um, and hoping that families are are doing okay and um, I know the struggle is, is real having my father um, with Huntington's and also being immunocompromised with the, uh, on anti-rejection medications it's a very real situation mm. so please know that we're thinking of you guys and thinking of all the families in Europe thank you and and thank you for inviting me and uh, yeah and keep safe everybody and uh, yeah Absolutely. thank you so much well, you take care <laughs> bye you too 